No my hearty Mikey, Tane Hortaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Kiemo Tono Mai Koto Kato coming up on the program. A new report is calling for an end to excess dividends to the shareholders. We are talking electricity prices just after four. And mid-term election results in the US, the widely touted red wave turned to a trickle. So what happens now to Donald Trump's influence? Aucklanders, future options for crossing the harbour. The Minister of Transport would like to know what you want. What do you want? Tunnel or a bridge? And talking school productions before 4.30, Greece, Alice in Wonderland, Rocky Horror. Were you in a school production? What were you? What production were you a part of? I was the hashish-smoking caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland. Well, I wasn't smoking hashish. I was 11, but I think it was dry ice. Uh, but what were you? Text me, 2101. And the song whisperer today, where I say the lyrics and you tell me the song, here they are. Listen closely. Dreams, they're for those who sleep Life is for us to keep. And if you're wondering what the song is leading to, I want to dot, 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 dot. Text me. What is it? 2101. It's a tough one. With me this afternoon, Anna Dean, who's a brand strategist. Kia ora, Anna. Kia ora, Wallace. Nice to be here. Very good to have you. And Salwin Manning, Managing Director and Journalist at Multimedia Investments Limited. Salwin, good to have you on. Yeah, Tanakui Wallace. And um, hey there, Anna. How are you? Good. <laughs> Very good. Well, what can you say? What a weekend for New Zealand. What a weekend for rugby, for women's sport. This is Ruby Tui. I'm just so proud to be a New Zealander right now. They said nobody cared about women's rugby, but guess what? We're out here. We're out here, fam. We're going nowhere. New Zealand, do did a minaiwi, do did do do did a minaiwi, do did do do million uh, viewed, uh, beamed in to watch it. One person was there, well, many were there, but one person who was there who's with us now is Brodie Kane. Kia ora, Brodie. Kia ora, Wallace. Oh, my God, every time I hear that, it just gives me goosebumps and takes me right back. Well, tell us us about being there. Amazing, huh? I have had the honour and privilege of covering some wonderful sports in New Zealand history. And, um, and uh, no, nothing can ever take away from any of those. I cannot quite describe the, the, the sort of overwhelming sense of elation and being crying and then actually nearly, I nearly fainted, Wallace. I, I jumped up and down with such gusto when that final whistle blew that I actually was lightheaded and I had to sort of mildly pull myself together. <laughs> what, 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 what we saw on Saturday will be with me forever and so will be with, with with a lot of people forever. So I was just so happy to be a part of it. And the other thing that I found amazing is when that final whistle blew, not a single person left the stadium. And for ages, the crowd were on their feet, watching and waiting for every move of, of their World Cup winning Black Ferns team. It's just unbelievable, eh? and you can go back. Actually, why don't we just can we can we can we just play it again? It is pretty profound. Let's play that um, clip again. 
Maybe later. Anyway. <laughs> we know the song. We <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We've got it. Here we go, Brody. To be a New Zealander right now. They said nobody cared about women's rugby. But guess what? We out here. We out here, fam. We going nowhere. New Zealand. Tu te ramai na iwi. Brody, some people, I mean, a lot's been said about this and a lot all been said, but one, I guess, one comment that came to mind is considering where they've been, uh, where they've come from really in the past year, year and a half, the, the highs and lows and some real lows, this is deserved to be something like a Netflix series. Yes, it does. It does. Um, I've heard a few, I've, I've heard this thrown around, the game that changed the game. And I mm. stand wholeheartedly behind that. And what you've got is these wonderful women, role models who um, have been working hard at this and women before them for decades working hard to get to this moment. So it's so long overdue and so thoroughly deserved. What, what's great as well is that we, we all have our part to play as well. So mm. you and I grew up, you couldn't watch a women's game of sport on television. There weren't women's games at stadiums that you could go and watch. I interview sportswomen, all, you know, like some of our best cricketers, rugby players, they, they had to watch the men's game and play with men. So we are now a part of changing that, that you know, the course of that. Um, and, you know, we could get political and say that it's long overdue. Of course it is. But now we're in the midst of it, and we have to keep the foot on the accelerator. Okay. Well, so stay there, Brody. Let's go around the panel on this one. Anna, you first. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch, I have to admit, on Saturday night, but just seeing the absolute explosion of coverage on social media has been incredible. And Ruby Tui's speech and, and everybody singing Tutera Maina Iwi, I mean, it absolutely just brought shivers down my spine. Um, I, I was up in Auckland and the mood was incredible. But the thing that I really found that surprised me was a whole heap of people that I never thought would go to a rugby game were actually there and with their children and lots of mums that I knew. So it was just so awesome to see, um, this real shift and change in who felt safe and who could head along. But yeah. I was, there was a question I had for Brody. I was like, there was some strange thing. What was the story about a goat on social media with Dan Carter? And I was like, what the heck is that? Yes, yes. So, I mean, there were so many moments of the evening that could have, like, just, you had to keep pinching yourself, right? It was like, this is amazing. Look at this crowd. Look at these women. Look at all of this. And then, so our, our um, wonderful Spark Sport uh, crew that had been together for six weeks, we were just walking down to a pub to have some post, uh, post-match post drinks. Um, and I- I'm not even kidding, just in this sort of car park next to the bar that we were going to, we actually saw the goat, the goat goat, the animal goat first. And then Dan Carter is just there chatting to the man with his, with his goat. And <laughs> I was sort of like, I've only had one beer. What's happening here? But it was true, and it did happen. And the goat was apparently at a, a, a function... So, I mean, yes, it is absolutely yeah. as bizarre as it sounds. Salwin. When I think of the goat, I think I think what it was, you know, kind of representing was greatest of all time. 
And yeah. I've seen those comments come through from people all over. Like uh, we got a response from friends that are over in the UK saying, oh, man, that was just the best game ever. Congratulations to your country. Um, and an old friend and, and teacher from Standard 2 way back in South Auckland, a, a guy that came to prominence with a Māori party, Pem Bird, and he put out on social media that, you know, he, he felt that there was all those elements of the best game that potentially had ever been played here and said that's a huge challenge to the, the, the male counterparts to actually come up to that standard. Mm. So what what a fantastic event on so many levels and congratulations to yeah. all of those that have wrapped around that that, um, that achievement. Now, Brody, finally, by the way, it's good to hear, good to hear, good to hear you again too, Brody. Um, uh, the uh, Acting Prime Minister Grant Robinson, he's expected to face a few questions uh, actually just after four uh, on the victory, Blackfern's victory and la- perceived or lack of planned celebrations. How do you think we should celebrate this. Well, I think that the, the the team themselves should have a say in that. You know, often these things are organised by bureaucrats and whatnot, and I think that the uh, Wahine Toa should have a, have a hand in that. It, I, I personally would love to see them get about around the country. Um, we know that um, all of the games were played in Tamaki Makoto and Whangarei, uh, but that the whole country was behind them. Yeah. So I would personally love to see, uh, you Good know, word. a bit of a road trip around some of our other centres. Go on, you Brody. Thanks for being with us. Kia ora. No worries. That's Brody Kane there uh, at uh, Eden Park. All right, time for I've been thinking, Anadine. I've been thinking. Uh, Thank you. I mean, I've been thinking a lot. Um, I was originally trained as a journalist some 20 years ago um, at a time at TV school where um, it was kind of clear to me that I had a face for radio (laughs) and um, it's been so interesting. I've been in a a web series uh, that was out last week um, by the spin-off and I've just been really thinking a lot about how far we've come in the last 20 years around the diversity of faces and shapes and sizes and um, ethnicities and how we have all these this beautiful range on our screens now. And I, I spend a lot of time complaining about digital media, but it's actually one of the beauties of it that um, this kind of one-way broadcast mm. has, has really changed forever now. And, um, yeah, I feel like I've been able to get over a lot of my fear of, of being on camera. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a special you're thing. Fantastic. You're fantastic on camera, Anna. Oh, thank you. you thank you, Wallace. Mm. It's been a scary process being in a documentary that covers uh, pornography. So, yeah, it's um, it's up on the spin-off Good now, on, yeah. and I urge everyone to check it out. All right. Salwin Manning, I've been thinking. Yeah, it's a bit of a quick th- um, trip through this one, Wallace, but in my view, um, we're talking foreign affairs kind of stuff here. Um, I think it's significant Jacinda Ardern's offshore attendances in the next week, including meetings in Southeast Asian leaders with them and uh, at the summit in Cambodia, then bilateral meetings significantly with Vietnam and then on to APEC. And what I'm talking about here, there's this fantastic piece, a wonderful piece by Jeff Miller, Jeffrey Miller, who is writing analysis with Bryce Edwards and others, and he suggests that this bilateral with Vietnam in particular is significant due to both nations having an opportunity to further progress our two-way trade, but most importantly that both Vietnam and New Zealand's foreign policies have similar geopolitical balances, meaning they observe both trade interests significantly with China while maintaining friendly relationships with the United States and the security apparatus. Obviously, too, here, Wallace, 
can see that this meeting is trade first, whereas a lot of the meetings earlier in the year were security and diplo first. So that's interesting. I think now, too, that with National Party being you know, it's it's obviously now having achieved a significant presence in New Zealand politics. The challenge now is for it to demonstrate how it would approach global relationships should it gain power next year. And the question remains, how can National do better than Jacinda Ardern in building progressive relationships overseas? Good on you. All right, Sal Manning, at the end of the end there. Nancy says Joe and Oliver Cat and Pinocchio, Sergeant Sarah Brown, Guys and Dolls, bottom and midsummer nights. So yeah, Joe was in a lot of productions of Nelson. You're on the panel on RNZ National.